Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Lab Coat Nation. In this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents podcast, we talked with Jay Lieberman about the keys to helping investors buy multifamily properties with simplicity, accuracy, and speed. Tune in to hear more about the Ready, Aim, Win approach and how it can help you create new streams of revenue for your real estate business in 2020. Let's get started. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And today we have a guest that is very close to home to none other than Tristan Ahumada, where he actually works in the same office as Tristan in Westlake Village, California. Jay Lieberman with the Lieberman Realty Group. We're talking about a gentleman who is a, a teacher, a mentor to agents, been in the business for 25 plus years, travels around locally, not only teaching agents, but teaching high school students and, and various other platforms about content-based content and coaching and uh, creating authentic content, but also coaching agents how to get away or working around, should I say, cold calling, door knocking, calling FISBOs, expires, et cetera, with his ready, aim, win approach on how to buy multifamilies in less than 10 minutes, learning how to do it in less than 10 minutes. Jay, that right there, I think is very intriguing. First of all, welcome to the show. Thanks, you got it. Sweet, we cut. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, <laughs> as as usually is the case, a lot of the times when we do these podcasts, I've never met the guest before, and it's usually a recommendation of someone. And this is no different. And so, I'm excited because I get to learn, uh, just like the listener does. And I'm excited to uh, fire away and ask you a bunch of questions. But before we get into ready, aim, win, first. I want to know more about you. So let's tell the audience a little bit about your background, how you came up in the business. Fire. Sure. Uh, well, I'm a native of Los Angeles, been here my whole life, which means 49 years. And I'm wearing the, uh, my daughter goes to Oregon. So, you know, go Rose Bowl. I noticed that. Uh, the, uh, I got started, essentially, my entire family started in real estate, building office buildings, building residential buildings, et cetera. My father's an architectural interior designer. So is my brother. So is my mother in their business. Together, I'm the black sheep who went off to school and law school and went into real estate afterward. And as part of that, though, I got started essentially working in 1995, right out of law school. That back in the day, there were very few jobs available, and those jobs were paying like you know thirty thousand dollar grind out five thousand hours you know a week. wasn't interested, so I took that huge bill of law school and went right into real estate with a company locally here, a real estate development company. Where over the course of 15, 16 years. Uh, I became a partner of the firm, developed a chief operating officer and partner in the firm. We developed uh, um, all the asset classes, retail, residential, uh, mixed use, industrial, office, I managed, refinanced, turned around, worked out, re, you know, sold, disposed, um, all that stuff uh, throughout the country, not just locally here. So, you know, 2007, 8, and 9 happened, which uh, for anybody who was around during that time, which is probably most of you, 
then I started taking the calls from the banks, uh, started giving a few things back to the banks, and things got real tired real fast. And after that was all cleaned up and I stayed around for that fun, about 2010, I decided to go off on my own and open up my own brokerage firm and reopen the law firm, uh, doing real estate transactional work, as well as due diligence and acquisition services and, and mentorship, et cetera, around the entire real estate umbrella. So, but what happened back in 1995 is I bought, you know, right out of law school, I went into real estate, but it was the day that I wanted to buy my first apartment building with my wife. I had just about zero dollars. I was negative because I went to law school. Um, and, uh, but I, there's this four unit building that was for sale about a block away from where I lived, which is on Wooster and Pico in the Los Angeles area for anybody who lives here. And so I, um, Went at the property, called the agent off the sign. He was a friend of mine, actually, it turned out to be. And he gave me all the information within 10 minutes. It was a big stack of papers. I talk about it in a video I have. And uh, I didn't know what the hell to do with this shit. You know, like I'm looking through it. I'm looking through the papers. There's numbers everywhere. I kind of knew, you know, because my father was in the business for so long. And I knew of financial, at least. But I didn't know what to do with it. So I took, like, the entire weekend. And then it went till Wednesday, Thursday, the next week. About six, seven days later, I call him back and I say, all right, I want to put an offer in on the property. And the guy was just laughed his butt off at me. Okay. He said, are you kidding me? He's like, I had that thing under contract within eight hours. It was done. And it took me too long. So super embarrassing. And from that embarrassment came a, uh, came ready, aim, win approach, technically about 25 years ago now. And there were three problems that I had back then that I didn't win that deal and gave me, I was super embarrassed, uh, was that I overcomplicated the process that I didn't know if the data was accurate or not. And I had no way to know the, before the internet really. So I had no way to tell if it was accurate or not. And my speed was way off. Okay. So the three core pillars then became of ready, aim, win, simplicity, accuracy, and speed. So I took those three coupled with a heavy dose of the embarrassment and developed this approach over many years, which is what the ready, aim, win approach is today. Um, and essentially we offer a free resource called the resource playbook. And you can go to the to the website and, and grab it real quick. And it essentially within 10 minutes or less, you could read through the resource playbook. It tells you the vocabulary of multifamily property. It tells you all of the relevant uh, um, uh, valuation tactics. It tells you about red flag warnings, which are all the essentially the pages of where I lost my, the most money. And it also talks about value add secrets, which essentially are little bits and pieces of how we added tremendous value to multifamily property. From there, there's actually a product that uh, you can also grab two called the valuation analyzer, which allows you to enter very minimal bits of information on an opportunity, a multifamily opportunity, and you get instant results on that uh, of how that's going to perform within five minutes or less. Again, like I told you earlier, I clocked in at two minutes, 48 seconds on that thing, instant you know, um, accuracy. That satisfies three core pillars. It's simple as hell. It's accurate as hell because you can't touch the formulas. I touch them and they're programmed in. You can't mess with them. And the speed is immense. And that's how you win more deals. And that's what will give agents out there a lot more confidence in this space to be able to talk to clients about something besides home sales, to be able to either refer that business out knowing what they're doing, or to actually take that business in and have another income stream, which is what my I, goal is. I love it. I love it. So you uh, dove right in there. And, and before I go back to that, I've got a couple of questions. I want to know about you, the agent. So you told us a little bit, you started in 95, you know, you crashed and burned like everybody else did in 0708. You came back out of it in 10, started your own brokerage. Uh, where are you today in terms of production and team? What are you doing today? Well, today we focus on our team. We do commercial and residential real estate. 
Uh, I do work, my, my wife and I are the main partners in our team. She's also uh, an attorney, family attorney, used to be, got out of that pretty quick. But uh, we run that team together. I handle most of the commercial work and some of the residential. She handles most of the residential work. We try to, you know, when we started off, we did all this stuff, right? It was postcards, door hangers. It was cold calls. It was door knocking. It was pumpkins, flags, everything, the farm, the whole business, tens of thousands of dollars rushing out into the farm. And yeah, we got business from it. But over the course, and there's nothing slighting those. Those are still, a lot of those are very tried and true. But the problem is, is it wasn't me. And it was starting to kind of eat away at me inside. So we essentially about four or five years ago, cleared the table, um, actually rejiggered our team, removed some people, brought some other people on, and that were all based around content. Um, so about four or five, yeah, a little over four years ago, we turned into kind of a content marketing uh, uh, team versus uh, you know standard stuff. Haven't made a cold call since. Haven't or not hadn't knocked on a door. Haven't delivered a pumpkin since uh, or done any of that. Business you know went threefold after that time with my team and and the other people, the other offshoots of them. And so what we do essentially is we focus a lot on spotlighting people in the community. Um, we're super community involved. I just this thing in me. We raise money for charities through our, our charitable club. We had a podcast for a little over three years where we spotlighted people um, in the community, had them on the show, uh, still share the episodes out there because we continue to spotlight them. And we share content regularly, um, not only a print written newsletter, which are all original stories. I write everything myself and there's no canned content. This is all right off my brain in a Starbucks at uh, you know six in the morning. And we share, obviously, in social media, very authentic content of life because people want to connect with human beings. So that's what we do. I love it. Okay, so now I'm. we always go down rabbit holes on these podcasts because, as you know, we didn't prepare for this. It's purely a conversation. And although I had intention of going right back to Ready, Aim, Win, I'm going to set that aside now for a minute because I think it's important for the, the listeners, which are probably vast majority of real estate agents and probably from all levels and walks of life. Some brand new in the business, some that did experience those 708, some that have been around much longer than that. And so you bring up something very important. And, and when you say tried and true tactics, I call them timeless tactics, you know, the, the cold calling and the door knocking and, and, you know, the prospecting and all that stuff that you get taught at your brokerage, right? That's what they teach at brokerages. You're at Keller Williams. Keller Williams is very well known for that. They teach that stuff. It's not going away. It's valuable. However... If you're not a fan of it or you're not good at it, you need to find another way to stand out and, and, and make yourself uh, be known and, and earn and attract more business. And I love where you went with this because uh, this is my forte. I love content. I love social media. So I want to dive a little bit deeper on that before we go back to Ready, Aim, Win. So I apologize for anybody listening right now who was just waiting with unabated breath for Ready, Aim, Win. I'm going to make you wait for it. Uh, so when you talk about uh, spotlighting community, when you talk about charitable work, when you talk about newsletters, when you talk about just authentic content, first off, where are you putting this content? How are you getting it out? So which social platforms and what non-social platforms are you putting it out in? I used to have Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm trying to think of the YouTube. I even downloaded uh, YouTube, of course. I even downloaded TikTok for a couple minutes. I focus on three to four platforms that I know well, been using for many, many years, and that's all. Um, if something new comes out, great. I'll look at it. I'll download it. I'll play around with it, and then I'll sit. 
but um, like Periscope, remember back in the day, all those offshoots. So I focus on Facebook. I focus on Instagram. I share original long form content. For instance, Lab Code Agents, I think it was a few weeks ago, I decided to do a test a little experiment and I posted an extremely long form content on the Lab Codes Agents website, uh, uh, Facebook page. Tons of comments, great conversations. I loved it. It was fantastic. But what it did uh, is I was testing how long form content worked. People just didn't know that. It was a test post, I mean, I mean for how that worked. Sure. And all the negative comments, if there were any, there were three to four were not reading, too long, too long, too long. So I don't care. Um, I don't care if anybody is reading that. I don't care who is reading that. It's essentially part of the kind of mental state of, I don't care how many likes I have. I don't care how many comments I get. It's out there. I know who's looking at it because when I see them at Starbucks, they stop and talk to me about it or I'll get an email about it. So I focus, I focus mainly on Facebook. I do shorter form stuff on Instagram, obviously shorter video stuff. I will post periodically on LinkedIn, depending if it's business related or kind of like bifurcated a little piece of business and personal. I will go to YouTube uh, and I do have a weekly email blast that goes out to my, you know, 3,200, whatever it is, database that reads that long form content also. Sometimes I'll repurpose that into a video piece. Sometimes I repurpose that into longer, even longer form content that goes out in our monthly print newsletter that gets mailed. So uh, that, those are the main platforms that I, that I focus on. And I just drill them, drill them, drill them continuously. I don't care who unsubscribes. I don't care who subscribes. It just goes and goes. Sure. Of course, you're just ignoring it. In other words, you're ignoring uh, the, the trolls, essentially. And that, that applies to, to everything, basically. Well, and I gotta, I, almost my cousin. I mean, my cousin unsubscribed, my uncle unsubscribed, my father-in-law unsubscribed. Mm-hmm. Dirty bastard. It's ridiculous. Uh, but right. it just happened. No, but it happens. Sure. I don't really care. I mean, they're just, they don't want to read it, and I don't blame them. So sure. It's long. Sometimes yeah. it's long, sometimes it's not. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. I, I, well, I totally get it. So, yeah. all right. So when it, when it comes to uh, now, so again, you, you tested this long form and then what were the results? Like, so what was it about? And then what were the results of it? And what's, what was the point? It was about essentially stop panicking, thinking that Zillow and everyone are stealing your business. I remember this, is a hu- this, now. this is a human business. We're all good. Go connect with human beings and sell that's what we do and that's all it was it's about it was kind of dovetailing into my content approach to business um, and sharing authentic uh, um, authentic content it's hard i mean it's hard to share how you feel and that i'm down or depressed or that i'm really happy because my kid did that you know it's it's really uh it's interesting how people respond to it and i and essentially i use facebook as the testing ground for ideas that then I use that if they spark interest in comments, I use that and dovetail it into longer form content for the newsletter or weekly email. So that's how I use the different platforms like that. Some testing, some actually sharing that content. And so what did you gain from that post? From that post, I realized that it doesn't matter how long the content is. If it's good enough, people will read it. If the message is there, people will read it. And the ones that don't want to read it, don't read it and give me a little pray hand saying, don't ever write, please don't write this ever again. I pray you. But it's a, it's, if there's an important message to share, people will read it. And I think the, I, and the reason I asked that question, because I pretty much knew the answer is that it doesn't matter what you think, stop overthinking and just push content, 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 content. And I'm going to ask you this question uh, and I'll tell you what it means to me after I hear what you have to say. But when you say authentic content, what does that mean to you? 
I don't have an off switch. So it's for me personally, um, and other people listening out there may obviously may have a different view, but I, I share anything and everything that comes to mind at six, seven, eight in the morning at Starbucks. Um, I give myself when I write my weekly email, I give myself, if I go over 30 minutes, I press go. It doesn't matter what form it's in. I don't give myself too long to overthink it, to edit it, to do all that kind of stuff. It has to roll right out, right out of the brain. So, I mean, I will share uh, a surgery. I will share a death. I will share how I feel about a certain, you know, issue in the community. I will, I usually don't get political because I don't really care about politics, but I'll share it. You know, I will go deep into the, into my feelings and how to do that is to, you have to pull hard initially to get that stuff out. I write for myself and then I don't write for others. So that's the key to how I kind of take that forward. A lot of people write with others in mind and that just skews the content. So I write for myself, give myself 30 minutes and it goes out. And if people connect with it, great. If they don't, great. If it dovetails and connects to business, excellent. Um, Cause that happens sometimes too. Mm-hmm. But that's how you connect with individual human beings is you share personal stories about your lives and they want to connect with you. And I love people. I don't get, you know, okay, I would like to sell their houses and like to buy them an office building. But nevertheless, I just like people and connecting with people and doing that and helping is great. Networking relationships. Yeah. So what you said is a little bit different than how I do it, but it's the same thing. And I think the point is, and what I want to get across is that, yeah, like Jay's just vomiting is what's in his brain. And he's just putting it out into, as, as into content. So if he's thinking about something that day that might be a topic that somebody else might want to talk about in a coffee shop, rather than just talking about somebody to, to, to somebody in the coffee shop about it, he's actually putting it out to social media and seeing what grabs, what takes, because something will take. It's, it's inevitable, right? In my opinion, uh, authentic content is that, but it's also like vomiting your life and sharing your life. And, and that's what stories are for, especially on, on IG, uh, but also Facebook. And that is just turning the camera around on your life more often, letting your audience in to know who you are a little bit more. So that way, when business does come around or when somebody's stalking you, because let's be honest, everybody does it. Everybody stalks. That's what they do nowadays. Like they don't, they, if, if you get introduced to somebody and they say, hey, you need to call Jay Lieberman. The first thing I do is go to Facebook and be like, let me check this guy out. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's what everybody's doing. So the more content that you have out there to give your audience the opportunity to get to know you without actually knowing you, the better the chance you have of winning. No doubt. And, and what you're doing is just sharing longer form content. You're damn near a writer. You're writing stories for people, but I think that's fascinating. And, and the truth is, you said it, a lot of the audience, myself included, many times, I'm just like, that's too long. I'm not going to read it. And there's other times when I have the time and it caught my eye and I'm going to read it. None of that's ever going to turn me off of you. I can scroll past it. It's non-invasive. Mm-hmm. So basically, don't worry about it. Just just regurgitate it. Put yeah, it people there. go, they go from the top, they go to the bottom, they read what the point is, they move on, go next. I love that's it. it. And yeah. you're using it across all channels in different fashions. In different ways, different content length, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I assume you're also creating some of these in video form? Uh, I am. I am actually uh, ramping that up. That's the new 2020 plan. We have this new little... Um, show plan called the real estate minute show which is going to be short under three minute stuff like that which is going to be stories individual stories strictly about real estate though this time but authentic stories within real estate so we're going to test that out and see how it well, sounds like really good youtube content right there. It is, that's all it's going to be focused mainly on youtube yeah 
I love it. And, and again, we talk about this, uh, but for those of you that don't haven't heard this, you know, YouTube is owned by Google. So therefore YouTube content should be primarily educational. Well, it doesn't have to be, but educational content, something searchable because when they type into the Google search engine, the first thing Google is going to put in front of their face besides paid ads is YouTube videos, period. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you win on YouTube. So I love it. Awesome. Well, that's good. So what about charity? So tell us a little bit more about charity. Cause I think that piece that we just touched on is something that everyone can grasp. They just have to execute it. They just have to do it. But charity is another piece, another arm of a business for real estate. And I don't think enough people are doing it. How do you execute it? Yeah. I mean, I don't do it to get business. Okay. Most of the stuff I don't do to get business, it comes from doing and it fulfills your soul. So I know that sounds cliche, but you know, it fills the soul. Uh, so I've always you know, I've been involved in the community. I've been on committees. I've been on, you know, boards and our local real estate board and, uh, you know, even all the way to the basketball league and locally here. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So I'm always, I love the community aspect of wherever I'm at because I like to have a voice. My father told me a long time ago, you can't say crap about anything unless you get involved. So I get involved and I can talk some crap. So that's the only reason why I essentially get involved. But I um, started a, uh, along with actually a, in a kind of a mastermind group, we started this group uh, called Impact Club which I had to since give up for certain other reasons, which I'm going to restart in a different form. But essentially it was a membership club um, out here. We had about 70 members or so, and uh, we would meet quarterly and everyone would bring a hundred bucks. It's like, you know, crowdsourcing of uh, charity. We were not a 501c3. We were just, my wife and I hosted it as Jay and Michelle Lieberman uh, at local breweries here and other places. And for an hour, we would buy all the drinks, buy all the food, uh, the members would nominate three charities to come speak for five minutes or less in the community, and they would speak, and the winner would take home a bag full of seven grand that night. <laughs> um, and so we do that quarterly, and I think over time we had uh, about nine events. We raised over seventy to eighty thousand bucks for local charities out here, hyper local charities. Nobody outside our borders were allowed. Essentially, it was right in the community, and it was just nice to see all the people together. It was actually, you know, a lot of those people ended up being. Uh, um, guests on my podcast show, a lot of people I had guests on theirs and all this stuff, it was just fantastic camaraderie. Those charities even that didn't win got a lot of money and recognition and content because we videoed everybody. So they shared their content out with their, their solicitations and things. And that was just something that was incredibly fulfilling. So we actually go out and do that. And I believe by doing that, it's, it just comes, life comes back in spades with that kind of stuff, you know? Dude, um, that's, so that's brilliant. I, I, lo I love that. And I'm going to recap that real quick. You had a group of, so first of all, it was 70 people. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come up with this concept. One of my buddies did, and we opened up chapters around the country. So I, I wish I could take credit for the entire thing, but I, I can't. Well, you know what, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, you are taking the credit uh, because I heard it from you. Uh, so how did this thing build? So, so how did you get to the 70 members? How did you uh, put it out to, to kind of bring people in? It was hard work. I mean, we went out and literally I, I, most cold calling people. Uh, I blasted out to all friends and family and everybody. And, you know, a lot of people were out of this area that I'm friends with in the community. So essentially it had to be people here and there were strangers that came through. Initially it was very grassroots. It was very kind of like, you know, scratch paper. Then it became a full blown website with pro payment processing through it and everything. And there's no administration fees, hundred percent of every dollar collected went to the charity directly. There was none, no, none of that. It all came out of, it was costly. It all came out of my pocket essentially to fund these events and to make them fun. You know, like I had a barbershop quartet singing at one and I had a high school band that came in and I, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I made them an hour because I hate long bar mitzvahs. So I hate like dragged out weddings. And so we had an hour max. 
So people were in and out of there um, and there was very little commitment. So that helped. People came in and out. We had a total of, I think, 120 members, but always had around 70 flowing in and out of, you know, people get interested in other stuff. Um, how did you how did you portray it though? So to the audience, you're showing up with a hundred bucks. Sure, you're donating to a great cause, but you mentioned chapters. I'm thinking in my my head B and I. So I'm thinking a networking group. I'm thinking an excuse to go have some cocktails, do something uh, that's that makes me feel good, um, witness something that makes me feel good, give me an opportunity to create some content, but also network because at the end of the day, that's probably what was gained from it, right? Very, and I'm going to get this. Very little, oddly enough. This did not become a networking event. People spent more time crying together over the stories that were coming out because let me dovetail into one minor little thing for 30 seconds. And that is part of of this this, uh, giving club called Impact Club is we educated the charities on how to tell stories and share content in the best way possible, dovetailing on how we share content for our business. So we helped educate them on how to share the most riveting story within five minutes or less up on stage in front of a mic that made us cry. So this room was filled with tears of joy that people were, instead of wanting to network after this and talk about their title company and talk about their concrete business, that happened, you know, but instead of primarily doing that, they wanted to talk about how they can, that they were bummed out the other two charities didn't win and how they can help the other two charities. And it's only an hour. So people were in and out. So it, it, it took a life of its own of this like, you know, room of, of people that were there for a common purpose and that it was essentially them benefit, serving the community because they might need the services. They're directly benefiting from it right now. People that live next door to these people. So. Sure, sure. No, I love it. I love it. So, uh, but, but, so I'm thinking as, as someone who's potentially listening, saying to themselves, like I was thinking, like, wow, that's a really good idea. I'd love to execute something like that in my community. The, the only thing I haven't captured back from you yet is, is what was the pitch? Um, it, was it purely like, this is going to be this giving club and this is what we're going to do. And it's going to be extremely inspirational. It's going to be awesome. Come. Um, or what was the pitch? What was the, in, what was the incentive for the, those 70 or 170 to 120 people to join? Come for an hour quarterly to benefit, to help uh, give and benefit local charities that are directly in your community. One, two, hundred percent of your donations without administration fees or anything are going to that charity. And three, you get to select who is benefiting from those dollars. And then a sub one, three A, you get some beer and wine and some food. But that was really it. It was to kind of essentially streamline the process for people so they didn't need to really think about it. Here's a bunch of charities, everybody. The people that the top three vote getters that you guys, because about 10 days prior to each event quarterly, they would vote on, uh, the, the members would vote online on who they wanted to see as the top three speakers that night. And so those were pooled by my wife and I, essentially. And then those were the three that were spoken. So the members picked. We didn't pick. We took a back seat as the host and the membership picked. So they're in control of who spoke. They're in control of who wins. And 100% of their money goes into that charity of, out of their pocket without question. Plus, they have a good time. Hmm. That's, that's, I mean, it's, it, so here I am trying to like dig deeper and find the complexity in this. And it's really, there is none. It's, there is none. It's, it's, it simplifies the entire charitable process because you give money to the Red Cross and the American Cancer Society, fantastic places, right? But you go online, you see about 30% of it goes actually to the cause itself. And then there's a big administration bubble. 
I'm tired of that. And I give to those things still too, but I wanted direct, I wanted to directly impact the lady who's using food stamps at Ralph's down the street from me. You know, I want to directly impact the, 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 the um, special needs community here. That's right down the street from my house. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's what this was able to do. So in these cases, you're actually doing stuff for like individuals, not like organizations, but it was going to direct. Help. Yeah, directly. The, it was so hyper local that I knew where exactly this money was going to and the families it was benefiting from. From it. You know, it, it, it's it's pretty amazing to, to watch. Getting, getting, getting uh, goosebumps. I love it, man. That, that was that was really good. And obviously, we went down that rabbit hole, but yeah. for, for good reason. And I think that's a great idea that anybody uh, could execute something similar. And you could turn it into a networking event. I guess you could do whatever you want, as long as the purpose is like what you said, which is yes. give. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. All right, so uh, let's move past the content because we could literally talk about this for days, probably. Uh, let's move back. Let's let's go back to the ready aim win. So those of you that have ever, that have been waiting. Um, you know, how they teach how to buy multifamily and how to do it in a very short amount of time. And all of the, all of the data is there to absorb and this valuation analyzer and all this good, cool stuff. Talk about it. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that and how uh, an agent listening uh, twofold again, because you mentioned it, one, to use it to, to, uh, to, as, as a tool for their business. And then two, to use it as a potential avenue to create more revenue stream. Correct. So um, we use this for investors also, by the way. So we, we, we send this, you know, our investors off so they can learn too. But the, what I find with agents when I mentor agents a lot is, again, they're stuck. They don't know, they don't want to uh, do cold calling, do all those, you know, or kind of the, the original, the OG type marketing stuff agents do. And it's difficult to share yourself and content, which is what I do. So where do they go now? Do they leave the business and go work in insurance or whatever? What if they still want to stay in this business? What do they do? It's about developing multiple streams of income, which is part of what that long form post is that I talked about and put on lab codes three, four weeks ago. And that is don't panic. Look at multiple streams. Are you good at this? Are you good at this? Are you good at this? And build a stream within your real estate business. One thing that I've built a stream for agents for is in the multifamily space because it's relatively, it's a lot simpler than buying another commercial property. Um, it's very nuts and bolts. But how do I do it if I've never learned? I don't, I don't know anything. Okay. So what we do is we offer essentially a free resource, the resource playbook, which is like I talked about before. And it will, within 10 minutes, you read this thing, you, you know enough. You know enough to be dangerous, not to purchase, buy and sell and put your broker at risk. Okay. But enough to talk to a client about, which is the key. Because clients are moving seven to nine years now. You may see them a lot. You may be connecting with them at dinner parties and, and functions and things out in the community. But maybe you could talk to them about something else. Maybe they have an apartment building. Their brother has an apartment building. They don't know what to do with it. And they say, I don't even know how to look at it. Well, I do. Here's the three or four most important things. And if you would ship me over the numbers, I'll help you analyze it real quick. Okay, that's a great conversation. You couldn't have, but now you can. And that just builds an additional stream of income. Maybe it's referral because you don't know enough or you're not confident enough yet to do the deal yourself. So you ship it out to someone like me or it's another referral agent that does commercial work in your area. And that's great. All of a sudden you picked up another 20, 30%, right? Out of nowhere, just out of the ether. Or you could try to take it on yourself uh, with the program. And there is enough meat and potatoes there in the, in the program to learn. The whole goal again was threefold that I learned. I was embarrassed. It's simplicity, accuracy, and speed. And it accomplishes those three things. Once you get a deal, essentially, if you're not responding to deals fast and accurately, and you're not using something like this to do it, you are not going to win deals. Multifamily is very competitive and things move extremely fast. 
And if you don't have the tools to do it, and you're stuck with all these complicated sheets and financials, and you don't know what the hell to do with them, whittle it down to one sheet within five minutes or less, you're going to win. There's no, you can't play any game if you don't have the ticket and, or you're late to the show. So this gives you the ticket and gets you into the show, at least to have that conversation. And that will build an immense additional stream of income. I love it. And I'm actually even thinking outside the box on this and thinking that this content, they could take, learn and consume it and then repurpose it for their own content on their social platforms to position themselves in a position of authority. Absolutely. I mean, what if they start talking about, um, you know, uh, NOI? It's one thing that comes out, net operating income. Most people don't know what it is. I mean, most residential agents don't know what it is. They think it's cash flow. It's not. So what is net operating income? And if you could explain that in three lines and say, hey, guys, this is what net operating income is. Make sure, Mr. Investor, that you're not paying attention to cash flow. You're paying attention to this because this will give you a higher value. Give me a call. I mean, just little things like that. These are the things in the resource playbook, little bits and pieces. I mean, we get so detailed in some of these things, like there's a value add secret section of the, of the, the free playbook. And it talks about where I've had monstrous success advising clients to remove the handle off of the hose bibs around their apartment buildings. I had a client, which I explained an example in the book. I mean, literally, he was suffering with water usage. And he, we had him pull the handles off of the hose bibs. And while this might sound, sound minute, this is where value is these days. Everyone was washing their cars with his, with his building. Once he, once he pulled that off, he saved, I think it was about $800 a month or more. And it created about $180,000 in value creation overnight. Wow. And I talk about how that's done. I talk about how to talk to a client about that. So now you could say, hey, what's up with your hose bibs? I know it sounds stupid, but it created a couple hundred thousand dollars of value for this guy. This is not stupid. No, that's, well, not only is it not stu but stupid, but like, like you said, number one, it, you're, you're, arming, you're arming yourself with the ammo, with the education, with the knowledge, but you also need to start thinking back to this content game. If I learned that from you, my first thought is, ooh, I'm going to learn a bit, little bit more about this and I'm going to create a one minute video and talk about it Hell because yeah. you know what? It might only apply to two people out of 5,000, but those two people will remember me. Of course. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next week you're out looking at a couple buildings with the guy saying, you know, applying essentially what the, what the video was saying. Absolutely. I love it. I yeah. love it. Okay. So tell us a little, so that's uh, so that's the, the type of content and the type of data that they're going to find in the resource playbook. Once they get past the playbook, you talked about the valuation analyzer. What else is there within Ready, Aim, Win? Well, there is right now, there is really uh, the playbook and the, um, and the valuation analyzer program. And it is a, there is a full disclosure, there is a small cost to the valuation analyzer program. And what it is, I found that I was, I, I found myself building and having a computer program or building this custom made program, spent thousands of dollars doing it. And then I said, I'm building against my pillars. It's not simple. I can't tell if it's accurate or not because I don't know how to code in in you know C and I can't and it's not and it's not simple at all. So I I don't know what how to look at this thing. I ripped it up, threw it away, called it a learning experience, and had somebody program it in Excel. And while that sounds clunky, it's incredibly simple, monstrously accurate because I can see what the formula is, and and I, I it, it 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 tended to be the platform essentially that everybody can load up with ease. There's no issues, and it's very simple. And that's that, That's how it is programmed in. It's actually programmed in an Excel sheet. You can't touch anything except for what's in yellow, and you enter minimal amounts of information from a rent roll and a financial statement you get from somebody, a client. 
gives you their financials for the last 12 months and a rent roll. Spend five minutes plugging and poking in the yellow boxes. Done. Print. Um, it tells you what the guy's return is. And then you can tease pricing. So if he says, well, what's it going to be worth? Uh, what's the return if I uh, buy that thing for $2.2 million? 2.2 million, enter, returns are done for you, everything. And so it's, it's able to allow just instant speed and accuracy. You can get, I used this one time for a client uh, who was buying a multi in Santa Monica about three, four months ago. I used this program. I rolled him through it because he wanted to see how it worked. I put, I, I do the stuff in a different program myself, but I, this program, I put it in there. Uh, within two minutes, 48 seconds, we had the response. We had an offer in in 30 minutes. Wow. You see, that's the difference in the speed. We get the deal. And we were in multiple offers and it'd been on the market for two days and we got it done. Yeah. Um, and that's you, this market. So you, you learn not only content repurposing agents can use some of this content, repurpose it out. Like you were saying, which I think is incredibly important. All of a sudden you're like this hyper expert yeah. out of nowhere, but it just builds revenue stream for you. Builds, it builds this kind of confidence with your clients and they're going to share you and pass you on to their clients because yeah. it's very hard to find. There is a hole in the market for agents representing buyers in commercial property. They go, a lot of commercial people go right to the listing agent in a lot of commercial transactions. There is a hole in this market. So exploit it. Yeah. Yeah. Become the expert. That's really what it is. Yeah. Um, I love it. And I think, and I think beyond everything that like, again, that you just mentioned, you know, like you said, you get the deal faster, but at the same token, just having access to this, to this data and being able to plug it in and spit it right back out, you're going to stand out to the client because you're getting it to them. You're giving them like hyper customer service. I mean, they're giving the customer service that they couldn't get anywhere else. And right. And all you got to do, all you got to do, Jeff, essentially once you're done with the information, you play export as a PDF or print, you send it to the client. And all of a sudden you sent them like a full analysis sheet. That's amazing. You know, it's done. Yeah. You're going to look like, you're going to look like a hero. I love it. I love Superstar. it. This is good stuff, man. This is uh, we kind of bounce around the board, but it all kind of comes back to the same thing. And um, I think this is really valuable. So let's uh, tell the audience uh, two things. Number one, where can they go to learn more about ready aim when what's, what's the website? Uh, the website is a couple places. The website is ready aim win approach.com. So as it sounds, readyaimwinapproach.com. No, no commas, no periods. No commas, between. no periods, no hyper, just readyaimwinapproach.com. It'll take you through. There's a couple of videos. It'll walk you through it. You can enter minimal information, essentially your name, first name and email, and, and the resource playbook will come to you via email. If you're interested in the rest of the program, it'll take you through that too, and you could, you could grab the Evaluation Analyzer program. Uh, you could also find us on Facebook. We do have a page on there uh, under Ready, Aim, Win. Uh, which is a page and a group, but go to the page. That's where we post content periodically. And there's some welcome videos that get a little bit more in depth. There's a, I say long form videos, about a 10 minute video, kind of a welcome in video that talks about, again, how I was embarrassed back in 95 and how this all got started. And then you can email me if you'd like at support at readyaimwinapproach.com. And uh, with any other ideas, this is going to expand a little bit more in the coming year to possible um, masterclass, uh, possible things like that potentially. And it. other asset classes, by the way, like retail, office, industrial. In other words, this is not a bad platform to get involved with and stay engaged with because even though there are some pieces that cost, there's a lot of free stuff that's coming from it. 
And uh, you can use a lot of that stuff in your business. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? If Tristan says talk to Jay Lieberman, I'm going to go ahead and say that's pretty damn good <laughs> advice. Uh, because you know what you said earlier, which is, you know, it's it's the backbone of what LabCode Agents is about, which is coming from contribution, giving without expecting anything in return. And that goes back to your charitable concept. That goes back to um, just really this ready, aim, win. Um, the whole spotlight in the community, everything you're doing is exactly why, you know, is exactly what LabCode's been built upon. And I yeah, and look, I, I, I listen to your podcast. I don't participate in a ton, I mean, commenting back and forth mm -hmm. in live codes, but I remember back when it first started in the initial push for membership and all that kind of stuff. And I love the mantra, just continued straight up and the lack of drama and how you, Nick and Tristan kind of keep that, the hate at bay and everybody's doing something different. Everybody's managing their business different. Some people are on the phone 24 seven. Some are harassing old ladies, whether I like certain things or not. Everybody's doing their business different. Lab Coats hits on all elements. That's what I love about you guys. I love it, man. Well, we appreciate you as well. And I thank you for being on today. Is there anything last that you want to leave with the audience? That's it. Just be you and write about it. You heard it here first, folks. Be you, be authentic. I love it. Jay, thank you so much for being on today. ReadyAimWinApproach.com. Go check it out. You heard it. Or what was it? Support at ReadyAimWin.com. Is that what it was? Yeah, support at ReadyAimWinApproach.com. I added the approach in there. Perfect. ReadyAimWinApproach.com. Awesome. Jay, thank you very much for being on. If you liked what you listened today, again, as always, please don't keep us a secret. We're a big group, but never big enough. So please share us. Let your colleagues know what's going on. This stuff is super valuable and what Jay is sharing is beyond valuable. And I hope all of you took at least two or three things to implement in your business today. Jay, thanks again, man. I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you at, uh, at, a, at a future event. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.